Sam. We're back for an extremely exciting episode of a fairly queer podcast. Are you ready for this, Sam? Yes. I should also mention to our lovely listeners that this is going to be another episode where I am unfortunately using my laptop's built-in microphone because I don't have another cord yet for my microphone, but I will be back in Kentucky soon, so that will be fixed. And if you hear any children in the background, it's because there's children and they're in the background. But we're We've going been to traveling. Make That's the reality. We've both been traveling for both of us to be home and have all of our equipment and something not to go wrong. Today is, uh, I will kind of give everyone, I don't think it's so much a warning as a disclaimer. I'm having one of those radical honesty days with myself, and right before I recorded with Sam, I told him about the number of very interesting things that just can oh, pop, yes. pop open. And part of this radical honesty is a section where we tell you why we're doing this first particular section that we're doing, which is about... Um, uh, queer queer relationships in the way of being <laughs> of, of of working in uh, media. Yes, we're working in media and media relations between one another. Because what Sam and I are going to talk about is very recent, very real, and he didn't know what he was getting into when he did this. Right. But that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's actually a really amazing thing because these interesting little bits and things happen for a reason. So that's why I'm giving everyone a disclaimer that this is going to be a spicy episode. Because... Yeah, it's going to be a very particular episode. Um, but yeah. before we jump into it, um, we should thank our uh, Patreon supporter. For yes. Today. Yes, Janina, who is a wonderful fan of the Alaska and Jeremy, as well as a wonderful drag connoisseur. She is one of our 1111 Patreon supporters. So thank you so much, Janina. Viele uh, Liebe und uh, alles meine Liebe für dich. There's my basic German. She's one of our overseas fam. So thank you so much, Janina. And Janina also got me my Kim Kranz archetypal uh, uh, archetype cards. Kim Kranz, mm. and I'm giving a totally... That's my mother's name, maiden name. Really? Well, she spells Kranz. it C- yeah, C-R-A-N-S. When I know it can be T-Z, it can end in it's, T-Z. It's, yeah, K-R-A-N-Z. Yeah. For my mom. Wow, I'm feeling weird and wonderful synchronicities, perhaps coincidences. Yeah, but Kim, uh, Kim Kranz is an, a wonderful, magical, witchy artist who creates tarot and archetypal art. And I use their tarot and I use their archetypal uh, wild archetypes, the, uh, the wild unknown. It's wonderful. But shall we dive yes. deeply in? Because... I'm telling Deep you, dive. Sam did not even know what he got into with with this gig. So, Sam, why don't you open up with your scenario, and then okay. we'll dive in. So, I have, you know, I've been cooped up in my mom's house for about a week, visiting for Thanksgiving. So, sometimes, you know, you get bored, and you go on Instagram, and you see something on your newsfeed, and you're like, I'm going to comment on this thing. 
So, um, so yeah. ominous rumblings. <laughs> so there's this show called East Siders, and it came up with my newsfeed, and there was a preview for season three, which I believe will on Mizan. Well, I think it's I, four. No, it's I think it's three. I think okay. it, it's, well, it's three and well, I'm sure I'm sure Kit out. can let us know. Yes, I'm sure Kit he is will. listening. Shout out to I Kit. I hope so. Hi, Kit. Shout out so, to Kit. So I um, posted just because I don't know. I was just feeling some kind of way about this preview, and I would just wrote meh, like M E H H, just like you know meh, like a shoulder uh-huh. strap. So that. <laughs> Um, I saw that on one of our posts for Fairly Queer Podcast, Queercast, yeah. someone with uh, who is fa- uh, Instagram verified, which I don't see very much on my newsfeed with my whole 155 followers versus his, let me check. 147,000. Uh, yeah, something high. This is Kit um, Williamson, who is an Emmy He's an winning. Emmy Award winner. <laughs> an Emmy Award winning actor, writer, producer. He's Cal in the East Siders. Sam, you did not know what you were getting into, babe. Well, he responded um, to our post with meh, which I liked. So I sort of like got snapped back into reality. I was like, oh, I haven't even watched this show. No. And I'm commenting on this person who's he's probably worked very hard on this show and i have a lot of respect for anyone that can put any amount of media out or art yeah he was in mad men i don't watch a lot of tv which is going to be one of the themes of of i guess the revenge of queer media he was very he's very chameleon too like he looked so different back then when he was in mad men i checked and then he looks a little different now. Oh yes, very sexy. Three or four than he does in season one. He has, he he is. I don't know how old he is. No, I don't care because Kit, you're hot. What Sam didn't know is that you're basically yeah. like you look like you look like one of my like favorite romantic, like white boy from outer suburbia fantasies. Kit's hot. He's hot. I would have a slice. And, and, and this is my radical honesty <laughs> mode. It's just like, yes. holy shit, he's like the vampire boy of my dream. So this is what you got into, Sam. This is like what you did can, by Meg Williamson. And also he has a couple pictures of him in a harness on his uh, Instagram page. So Kit, if you're listening to this, hit me up. I'll send you a harness. And then you can criticize my harness and say, meh, you know. So anyway, that was my little <laughs> queer drama. Queer, yeah, Kit queer, was... pe- queer petty Instagram drama. Well, also Kit was on Race Chaser very yes. recently, Sam. So <laughs> this bit of subconscious self-sabotage I hope is, I'm, well, I mean, here's the deal. Here's my part of the story is when you were, when Sam called me up, Last night, describing this whole thing, I was at Sharky's in Hollywood getting myself uh, a shrimp uh, power bowl. And then I went to go get myself a razor to shave my face at CVS. When I got home, after, the, after my conversation about how Hollywood it can just be so full of snarky, egomaniacal, blah, blah, things I had no business saying because mm-hmm. I was just trying to be kind of 
uh, uh, supportive of Sam, you know, when someone's verified, blah, 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 and I don't know them, um, I'll be like, well, Sam, I see. Try not to let it bother you, but he made a point. Now, whether Kit Williamson is a nice person, um, I don't know. I hope he is. Kit, I just put a comment on his Instagram that I would be his date for the premiere of <laughs> season because he, he's, he's a hot. He's, I'll be his date, and we can wear harnesses that have nameplates that say meh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But you see how easy it is. And as someone who is also a 16-year-long friend of someone who is verified with 1.6 million followers, who cares? But also, yeah. Alaska. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, like, you know what I mean? It's like I see the life of someone who has all of this. And you know what? We're human beings. You and I, kid in Alaska, and Alyssa and Constance Wu, who is an amazing actress. I was shocked to find out that that was Constance Wu. I had no idea. Amazing. But here is a confluence of issues. I don't watch a lot of TV because I don't want to be distracted. There's only so much entertainment, and and one of my... What if my easy, I will, if we're going to use this ugly word, I'm willing to use it on radical honesty um, podcast level, is addiction. I think I've, I think I have an easily, um, I'm easily addictable to the media feeds. And with so much streaming platforms now, I have Gaia for my woo woo and my metaphysics. I have Met Opera and Medici for classical and opera stuff. And now I got a, because I wanted to watch East Siders and give it a chance because. It's Jeremy's as, favorite show now. Well, uh, um, it's a, it honestly, it, it hits a little close to home because Sam, you spend your um, post high school years slammed into the queer of uh, the urban queer culture. I spent my post high school years New York City. But I. But I was, I lived in LA during this time. I was, I was meeting people. I had, I had the respect of the, of the academic community I had, but I was faltering as an academic during that period. And I was very, I went down the metaphysical rabbit hole. So like the way that East, the first season of East Siders opens, and I'm going to be, really gracious and not give any too many spoilers yeah. is that it, but it opens up with scenes from a Mayan, Mayan calendar ending party where the characters are introduced and like that plus LA plus the attitudes of LA people and dealing with friends who were in unhealthy, fucked up relationships, uh, uh, you know, queer men who were in, a bad way and people who I loved and who I was close to. Um, I'm watching East Siders. I'm like, this is kind of a version of my life, except I'm one of the single sassy ones. And I think the, I think the writing is very interesting. And I Mm -hmm. think the emotional uh, or the, the issues that um, Kit and the cast get into writing wise than the story kind of I was like wow because I tend to really stay away from 
most television stuff. I don't want anyone influencing my my life or or like you know it's so easy to to model especially younger people like media becomes a um, active imitation and modeling right like modeling a self right. like working through self identity so like these are some late 20 somethings and in 2012 i was uh, 31 like any of these characters mid mid to late 20s early 30s and so, like, it hit me. I was living, I was living in East Hollywood. I was living in Silver Lake, Sam. <laughs> this is, <laughs> if they if they're calling Silver Lake an Echo Park East Sider, circa 2012, 2013. I mean, that's your life. It's the version of my life. Well, so okay, I think yeah. that's the point. So okay, this so is a be... weird uh, synchronicities that got us to this podcast today. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. I watched the whole first season. I enjoyed parts of it. If I'm being completely honest, since yeah. this is brutal honesty or whatever honesty, radical day, honesty, or radical honesty day, I don't think the show is caters to me. I don't think I don't think that I'm the the audience for it because I sort of came of age in New York City. I sort of experienced, I think, a much seedier, less romantic version of the gay scene yeah in new york city and i love new york city but yeah. i just that my you grew up really fast i there. grew up real fast or i rather i i became very wise of the shenanigans and buffoonery in the gay scene yeah. very quickly so and i think that's sort of why i had such a visceral reaction when i saw that preview where it was like, this is not right. Like, it's so much more Polyamory, like, orgies, <laughs> sassy yeah. drag queen. I mean, it's a, it's a great preview, but also I would not watch a show because of that sexy preview. Sorry, yeah. sorry, folks. That's for some of y'all in the bell curve. Like, oh, sexy, 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 drama sass, queen speaking, queen speaking sassily, queers speaking sassily. And then there, and then there's a layer of a heterosexual interest. Like, that's the part of Hollywood that, like, I don't, I can't, I can't. So, like, what I told Sam before is, like, the series, outside of any fancy promo, kind of does appeal to me yeah. like i'm usually in love with that struggling cow type i usually okay, so fall in love with cow do you have a favorite i fall in love with cows because i have a favorite character i fall in love with cows usually have great sex with the jeremy's and the toms i don't know who's the guy that's like he's sleeping with the two main characters jeremy you know, he's he's the side he's the side guy. You know what I mean? But yeah, he kind of he's, he he's, like... he's he's this sexy Euro Euro American whose sister has the smoke out sesh, and he's like, "You're a mistress. You need to know what know how to deal with this issue." So he reminds me in terms of what he looks like. I made I made notes. <laughs> he kind of looks like well, this is being respectful, right? If we're if you're gonna get it, if you're gonna get into a met on met with Kit Williamson, right. then the least <laughs> we're gonna do is watch the series. Yeah, I don't and, um, respect the work that a queer storyteller is doing. So so that character, the Jeremy character, is my favorite character because I think I relate most to him. Where, like, 
I have you're, a, you're a free lover, Sam. That's what you are. I am. And also, I think that what I picked up from his character in the first season, I don't know how it's going to expand in the second season, but for the first season, it was like he couldn't, he was trying to interact with people that weren't used to that kind of like polyamory and were getting like triggered or whatever you want to call by his relationship with them and was trying to like bridge the gap like when he bought that paint or the the photograph and stuff and yeah. he was trying to be like hey like it's fine like I'm yeah fine. so the there's a storyline where this person who who um is involved in infidelity um also starts interacting with both of them in certain ways and kind of is making gestures to say that he might like both of them and as an as a as a Gemini, I've been very apt to have some of my most beautiful amorous situations with couples. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Like like it's like it's special to be a part of a couple's energy. One of the nicest liaisons I had in the past year in San Francisco was with a couple. And if any either of you are listening, just know you mean. You mean a lot to me, and you're, and they're very dear to me. And the thing is, couples get into some really intense emotional and relationship challenges and hurdles and obstacles and shit. So, like, if if I, if I can be uh, affectionate and uh, uh, intimate with both of them, the better. But also, as the extra person. They need to make sure their shit is clear when they want to be with me. So now I'm going to radical honesty podcast Mm -hmm. episode. I, my day has been a vortex. So I (laughs) have not gotten to all of through all of season one because I have some other things to do, but Kit Williamson, because we, or I will only speak for myself, Sam, I, as ha- uh, half of this this giggery known as a fairly queer podcast, I stand for um, supporting queer storytellers. I agree. And I, uh, Kit, I'm going to watch the whole series. My friends are in this series. Shout, shout outs to uh, mentor and wise witchy uh, barbecue is in the first season. She's one of the drag queens in the first episode. Um, you know, Willem is a colleague of mine. Um, my my friend Aram is, is in the series. So, like, I've got a lot of things wor- uh, worth... I've got a lot of items worth watching and worth... A lot of people worth watching in this um, series. Now... That's about it. I watched Heartstrings, Dolly Parton's um, series on some of her most memorable songs. And uh, I got my Netflix subscription basically to be very specific because turning the subject around that if I'm not very specific about the media that I watch, I'll just go into a hole and then nothing gets done. You know what I mean? And how am I supposed to change the world? How am I supposed to, you know, build build a career and, and build myself if I'm always being distracted with entertainment? That's the big, that's my big 
queer activism question for myself, and then I'll put it there to all of us. We've got to be careful how much we're consuming. You know? Yes. We are, speaking of consuming, I'm going to consume a drink, and then we're going to return to our podcast after a short break. Yes, everyone. Thank you, Sam, for putting wonderful music in these breaks. I hope you will have yourself a nice uh, hydrated beverage or a, a fun beverage or perhaps a snack while we go on break. I'm well, drinking so hot just... chocolate. Oh, I think I'm going to get myself some green juice. My brain needs it. <laughs> we'll see you in a bit. Bye-bye. See you in a bit, everyone. Bye. At the end of the day, 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 at the end. And we're back. Oh, Sam, it's so good to be back. Back back. and better than ever. Together and feeling fabulous. Okay, so um, what this is going to be is a fairly queer kiki. um, And we're using the East Siders and kind of um, zeroing in and also broadening uh, our discussion at will. Kind of, you know, just having the the lovely dialogues that Sam and I have become so well known for. Yes. So we're gonna world we're famous. gonna base it on world famous, truly. We have verified uh, uh, Instagram members commenting on our Instagram posts now, so you know we've made it. Oh, legitimization! Don't knock it. Don't knock. Don't knock legitimization. Oh, relevance, validity. <laughs> you can see okay you can see where my tone is going okay let's so what's what's you've uh, you're up to episode six we're gonna try to not make this super spoilerific but just like what are some like elements of the show or perhaps specific non-spoilery scenes that really like struck home with you and you're like oh my god i totally feel that or like what are maybe some things also on the other side of the token that you were like couldn't suspend your disbelief for um, the thing is, I like, I like the acting, like, Kit, you're great. Um, they have a great cast of characters in terms of the, yes. the actors that they got for it. Yes, I, 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 I'm very, very satisfied. It is satisfying to see Kit go into the emotional world of, uh, of a kind of queer person that I often, again, really congeal to is that person i i see some of myself in in cal who's like i'm really i really believe in things but then when someone fucks around with me when someone hurts me when someone betrays me and then i start like acting out right yeah so in season one we can say cal who's played by kid is this he's this um a torn He's a torn artist. 
He's a torn, inwardly torn creative. And so he acts out based on infidelities his partner Tom is having. Which sort of, like, in the best way possible. I mean, this is a compliment. There is definitely a class thing going on. Cal's mom is definitely a rich white, rich white alcoholic. Oh, she'll be, I'm totally going to allow the spoiler alert that, like, alcohol plays a huge role and that strikes me because alcoholism is not just rampant in the queer community but i've seen it in i've seen it in in my professional life with people going going off on their drinking benches and and uh, out and proud alcoholism in in the lgbt showbiz world so you're combining showbiz and addiction and substance use and abuse and like that's another way that where it really hits home to me now luckily the tone of the writing which i gave kit um just five gold stars for is that it's a dramedy it's 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 labeled a dramedy so i like dramedies because even though there's some really heartbreaking things going on there's there's an there's the underpinning where people who take themselves too seriously or lampoon, but people who are, but I mean, some of the gay friends, it's, it's a new generation of, of like Will and Grace's Jack. There's a character who's, who's pretty fagalicious. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, the wavering between these really, these moments where it's, where, any of these characters can say, I'm not fucking around. This is fucking serious. But then they can act like idiots in the next scene. Like, that's kind of, that's a West Coast thing and an L.A. thing and an L.A. lifestyle curse or a a, a lifestyle stream. So that's why, like, I don't think it's romanticizing anything. This is the weird fucked up energy of L.A. And here I I am back here. I perceived it as romanticizing when it really isn't like now that I've watched the first season, it's not particularly glamorizing anything. No, it's Cal just, is I, not a, Cal is not a decent character, but it's yeah. a character well, that's what I was gonna that say because too, of his foibles that, that I really, I'm attracted to personalities like Cal. He's sort okay. of, insuffer- he's sort of insufferable, which yeah. I think is important to make him relatable. I do find it a little bit grating at times just cause I'm like, Oh my God, like, Get over yourself. And okay, so actually, you I not, mention- are, you, are we not close to people like that, though? Yeah, well, we are. And that's, you know, why I, I forgive it. I do think that it's difficult to become invested in them succeeding as a couple or them f- figuring their shit out because. Oh, it, yeah, it, I totally, it, I totally it, it want to get with like Jeremy immediately because, like, yeah, I was like over it. The first I am friends like, with, oh I am God. friends with the Jeremy's of this world. I, I, as Jeremy, has have been that Jeremy. You are Jeremy. I, I am. <laughs> what do you think of the female characters in the show? Because I have some yeah. opinions. Yeah. Well, there is the character played by Constance Wu, who is wonderful. Um, and she's a mess. This character is a hot, she's super mess. Super mess. And you know what? There's a strange thing. But the the episode I finished on, there was a conversation between um, her character, who whose name I believe is Kathy, Kathy and Tom, who is Cal's partner, his boyfriend. 
they have this reckoning with each other. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, am I a good person? Because sometimes I don't want to be, but there is a part of me. And it's like, and then the other character goes, well, I don't think I'm a good person. At the end of the day. Like, I did like that scene, yeah. Like, really good writing. Good writing. This this tug and pull between this facetious lifestyle that is rather accurate of LA and then these very deep moments that you have here like when people's layers start peeling off and you get to see their raw bleeding um you know vulnerable souls so this is something i'm looking forward to uh in future seasons to see how these things go. Now, of course, the preview for the for the final season is out, and it looks like there's a lot of polyamory going on. Hallelujah. So, um, with people, with the people who I know and have seen naked before. Like well, this know. is very, this is very, is very exciting for me. Um, but all the same, all the same, I, you know, I. If young people, young queer people are watching this, I, there's no, there, it's not fun to be in those scenarios at the end of your, in your mid and late 20s. What scenarios? The 30s. To, to feel like you're in a monogamous relationship and Cal is an upper class character. You can see that like he's got some privilege and he works in a scenario with another privileged white gay male. Yeah. The art gallery thing is yeah, you know, it's very real, very real in LA. It's real. It's real. well, that's the thing though. Like, like, I'm, like I'm, I'm oh, yeah, you, I'm not the target right. audience. This is this yeah. show's not made for queers in Kentucky. <laughs> but Sam, you, but it's fine. You, it's fine. It's had, fine. You've had your experience in the in the but that's deep, the thing, wild though. world of one of the reasons I queer. One of the reasons I left that urban queer atmosphere is because I became very wise of the bullshittery very quickly and I don't like I I, I don't suffer fools so I I don't know I mean I I, I I totally appreciate the show I am enjoying it but I think that maybe it's I'm just not the target audience I can't relate to these characters struggles yeah. as much as someone else that is within that atmosphere yeah well, you know. let's be real. So there, there are many queers and otherwise in small towns for which a version of that is true. But also the series is offering um, a perspective on urban, the urban queer uh, attitudes and scenarios that are a kind of voyeurism for small town and small city. I was going to say that too. I bet I would have loved this show when I was in high school. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's someone 10 years older than you in these scenarios that are so complicated and these sexy, sexy LA people. I mean, Actually, I've had sex with some Jeremy's. I have, I've had I... sex with some Jeremy's. I tend to not get any cows because they tend to be a little selfish <laughs> so one of the things in terms of sexy sexy la people i want to comment on is actually i mean everyone's good looking in the show but um i feel like the body types there's a, a lot of variety of body types and i was 
happy to see that they portrayed no- some normal body types as opposed to just like yeah. jacked up bodybuilding kind of. Well, well, that's people. my concern for the last season. Are I they know. just go? Are they just going? They got to the budget land the again. They got the, mu- they, bu- the they got the budget for the abs. They got they got a circuit they got circuit boy budgets, but the thing is, is like when I was when I got to L.A. in two thousand six, and then when I finally left for a number of years, for more than just a year in twenty sixteen, that's on and off ten years, six months in Pittsburgh, uh, six months in New York, and then the rest of the time I was in L.A. I never thought there was a I never really thought there was like a really strong polyamory scene in such a big city. Because right. if it is, it is fucking super invite only. These queens, this body size. It's very, it's like, I that's cannot not have my aesthetic. No, so it's, it's, it's say... a private orgy. It's a private orgy. It's a private invite only lookist H. Just but that's probably that's classist and racist scene. No, that's not polyamory. I'm gonna cut in. That's not polyamory, and that's okay. So actually, when Kid and I, I private messaged him because I wanted to just like kind of apologize for being like shady for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things he said is like, well, if you watch the show, then you will know that the main characters are in an, an open relationship, and open relationships are not the same as polyamory because yeah. open relationships is you're in a relationship with one person, but you're hooking up with other people, which, yeah. okay, that's fine. Polyamory is about being in a romantic relationship with multiple people. And that's, is, 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 it's just not the same thing. So when you think of polyamory, you got to think of like, you're really trying to establish a relationship with someone else that you love that, and there might be multiples of those people as opposed to just, like, having orgies, you know? Yeah. And that's an important demarcation. It is. Community, community is really... Um, well, here, and unfortunately, like, we could spend a moment with polyamory because... Oh, I know her. I think, I think she performed at... I think she performed at play. <laughs> I think she performed... I think she was at the side stage at Bushwick last year. Oh, polyamory. I know her. Oh, She's great. Oh, polyamory. Um, yeah, I mean, there's these... Yeah. But really, like, the big critique is that, oh, oh, you, you nice queers with your, with your nice primary partnerships and you 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 super achieving queer folk mm-hmm. bless bless bless, bless. The, the work and the talent and then receiving the gifts and benefits of of one's happiness i do not i do not deny anyone that i could never mm-hmm. i've been so blessed however I do, I do want to have a, a a regular conversation about people owning up to what is what, like being in a being in a primary partnership and then playing together or singly outside. If you have, if you end up having relationships with other people, whether you live with them or not, you know, the if people say they're in a polyamorous relationship, great. 
Now, the problem is, especially in my adventures up and down the West Coast, sometimes polyamory becomes one of the most, becomes a hella mess, a hella complicated, right. and a, a kind of a caricature of it, and a farce of itself. And that kind of breaks my heart, you know, because a lot of people who are trying polyamory want to have their cake and eat it too. They are not taking emotional well, Jeremy, responsibility. Well, Jeremy, if you had cake, wouldn't you want to eat it? Uh, well, Sam, in a radically honest moment, I'd like to eat your cake sometimes. Oh, very nice. So you bring <laughs> up a good point. You bring up a good point, though, and I think actually going back to the show, that's a big issue or a struggle that the main characters are having, which is they're trying, and I, I, I'm, ass, I'm assuming that this is the direction that the show is going. I might be wrong, yeah. but I'm hoping that this is sort of the, the, the narrative focus as it continues, which is like, right. like you something don't, they're both you don't exploring. Have in, you don't have to fit into this, what I consider a very heterosexual version of a relationship where it's one man heteronormative and you can't have multiple partners you can't make your own rules and a yeah. lot of the frustration that the main characters are having is trying to abide by these rules and then ending up betraying each other when they are expressing their sexuality or even even expressing yeah. with with the caveat that they're booze fooled you get to the Booze fueled infidelities with Tom, as opposed to, but I don't want to say as opposed to. Uh, Tom is, Tom is um, cheating on Cal with Jeremy, but then, everyone's but then, yeah, yeah, but then he's. We'll just say Tom isn't the only one, and the kind of uh, the the the. The sinister cycle of infidelities widens. With Jeremy too. What? I hope Constance Wu ends up with Jeremy too. Who knows? That's what I mean. Like this becomes like this becomes a trope in queer television, in the queer series. Where like you you gather a bunch of these types. You gather the fag hag who's going through her own things and and. You gather the the sassy gay one, and then you gather the mopey, introspective artist one, and then you uh, gather the amoral, the amoral husband, the amoral partner, the amoral, you know. And the the main couple, they're privileged. Yes, he's drinking a lot. Also, Cal's Drinks. boyfriend looks identical to Willem, and I thought it well, was. When we thought we might have had Willem Willemisms, they have a, a a a fair Renaissance Italian kind of look to them. Do. I'm looking forward to seeing too. how it Willem like fits Willem in. Was on Drag Race. Oh, like when he used to flat iron his hair. Oh yeah. He looks much better with curly, by the way. Well, I'm sure Willem wouldn't care because Willem is his own bitch, but you know. No, yeah. I'm just saying, like, his natural hair is curly. It looks yeah. great. You don't yeah. have to change your hair. Just keep it the way it is. You look great. Aw, Sam. Thank you for, for encouraging all of us curly-haired queens to yeah. keep the faith. Keep so the faith. Are, so, so these are the things that, like, go through my mind when I'm watching a show, which, which is a reflection, someone's reflection and perspective on queer lives and here it is on netflix for anyone with it to see uh -huh. and this perspective 
is um, certainly one that has certain resonances with me. But I'm curious as to see what's stronger, the writing and the storytelling and the perspective, or do we start to see the typical thing where after a couple of seasons and accolades, another, another queer Hollywood writer, actor, producer starts getting obvious, formulaic. Right. So maybe that's, maybe that's my, um, heady, my heady challenge, not to anyone in particular, but to queer Hollywood. Will you, will you be more courageous in the face of these formulas and things? Cause I know, I face these things as a performer in the spotlight with a Rue girl. Like I want, I want people to enjoy themselves. I want them to have a lovely time, but I also am not giving up my political and spiritual outlooks so that anyone can feel more fucking comfortable. I've been on this. I've been in this lifetime and any other lifetime too long to shut my mouth about my spiritual and my, um, my community uh, values. There she goes. Well, Sam, shall we, shall we close up and wish everyone a wonderful yes season um, uh, and be I've careful been, what you watch. You know, a bit of a bit of advice from me to you. Yes, you. There are ways to express your criticism of media without being a shady a shady bench. Yeah, I learned that today. Hence, this podcast. Yes. Um, that being said, nothing wrong with being critical of media. Just there's right. a way to they need to be held responsible for being things. a deckhead. Yeah, they yeah they need to be responsible to others besides whoever is paying them. Um, and if you would like to be on the podcast, or if any person who has who is a queer storyteller would like to join us for season two of the podcast, there are various ways. To let us know, um, I'm if um, Patreon folks, if you want to let me know a list of people you'd like me to ask in my time here in California I would like or future travels. Well, I think I think when we start really uh, uh, when the snowball really starts gaining momentum, which thanks to our listeners, it is. We yeah. are going to bring amazing guests and we are going to be courageous enough to ask them and hopefully they'll be courageous enough to come on our cozy, cuddly, cute and fairly queer podcast. We can only hope. So there is going to be, speaking of the end of the season, one more episode of this season and then we are going to be taking a short Break. A hiatus, a holiday, a, hiatus. a holiday, holiday. Yeah, and then coming back bigger and better than ever. Yeah. So thank you for all for sticking with us as we sort of I don't know stretched our muscles, got our podcasting voices in shape, and just basically you know this whole situation was kind of a learning experience. Is from this isn't a yeah, this is totally an experiment. This is an experiment. So especially to those. Friends of this pod, um, yeah. please let us know in our socials. How um, we're doing. And you can find me on Instagram at Handsome J 
Jeremy 777. That's right, Kit Handsome Jeremy 777. And um, you can find my Twitter at OrphicApollo777. You can find me at NukeMoth at Instagram. Feel free to leave a shady comment on my pictures. Oh, thank you, Sam. This has been a delightful, radical honesty, queer media episode of a fairly queer podcast. Thank you all for listening. We love you. And thank you so much for spending your time with us. Talk to you later, sis. Bye, babe. Bye, everyone.